0: Hey, what's up, military millionaires? I'm your host, David Perret. Today we have an exciting episode with Dan Krupa, who got out of the army after 13 years, and he's since done a lot of fixing and flipping of homes. And then he's gotten into the buy and hold market in Kansas City and some other areas, and he's really killing it with uh, cash flow and returns. He's an agent doing some really solid things. So if this is your first time listening, thanks for joining the community. This podcast posts every single week for your enjoyment. The show notes are found at from military Millionaire.com slash podcast. Now relax and enjoy the show.
1: You're listening to the Military Millionaire Podcast, a show about real estate investing for the working class. Stay tuned as we explore ways to help you improve your finances, build wealth through real estate, and become a person that is worth knowing.
0: Hey, what's up everybody? It's Dave from Military Millionaire Podcast. I'm here with Dan Krupa, who was a uh, 13 year army veteran and has now gone on to invest in real estate. And I could probably tell some of the story, but that's no fun. So Dan, tell us a little bit about yourself. Welcome to the show.
1: Hey, thanks Dave. Yeah, I appreciate you having me on. Uh, yeah. So you said I uh, came into the army in 2004 and 13 years uh, in the army, mostly in the infantry, loved it, got out uh, early 2017 and a full time real estate investor ever since. Um, we mostly flip houses. We do have buy and holds. I am a real estate agent uh, working on expanding into some property management. Um, yeah. Just love it. Anything real estate. You know, that's, that's our thing.
0: That's awesome. So you say you mostly flip some some holds. What, uh, is there a determining criteria for which route you go or is it just how you're feeling at the time?
1: <laughs> so when we started, right, uh, we, we were trying to build up like a pretty, pretty good-sized war chest uh, before we wanted to start holding on to stuff. Um, we've done, you know, we've gotten a little bit of money in the bank and then I had a property I bought way back in 2010. We just sold that last year. It was out in uh, Tacoma, Washington, or sorry pew washington which is kind of south of seattle by about 30 about 30 miles so between kind of that and kind of what we've done in our business now uh you know now we kind of have the reserves or we're looking at much more holding on to what we have but our criteria before that was if we could get all of our money back right so we could because we bought just they were you know just like a flip house it needed a ton of work we could fix it up all the capital expenditures were brand new. We get all of our money back out, and it's still cash flow. you know, at least $200 a month. Like, well, Hey, well, this is a no brainer. Let's hold on to these, especially in good areas with good schools and then all the rest we'll just go ahead and flip. So, but now we're, this next year, we're looking at doing a lot more buying holds and, and less flips.
0: Makes sense. Uh, what's the, uh, if I can ask, what's the motivation behind that?
1: The, uh, the buying the holds. Yeah. So, uh, You know, when I was getting out of the Army, we did a lot of market research. We're here in Kansas City, and we moved to an area that I just love. And what I see happening up here, um, I think in 10 years, the the property values are going to really have skyrocketed in the next 10 years where we're at. Because if you look at kind of the path of progress in Kansas City where we're located, this is where they're trying to funnel everything, right? So when you start seeing new Costco's going up and Lowe's and, you know, Whole Foods and all these other things start to come in, you know you're probably on the right track. So that's why I really, uh, you know, I really want to buy up and hold as much as you can and kind of moving in, expanding our business into some other areas. Like I talked about, you know, property management, probably do a little bit of general contracting. That will feed the business itself. And so then our business can just try to, like I said, buy, uh, hold on to as many properties as it can.
0: I totally understand. I'm similar market uh, down south in Missouri is most of my stuff. Um, and I, I'm a fan of buying holds. I've done a little Wholesaling, fix and flip stuff with I think the reason I like the buy and hold market is you can keep making money down the road. Right. (laughs) Appreciation is great, but you know, flipping is a lot more work uh, in order to make the money. I mean, it's great income, um, but it's more, it's, it's not as passive. So
1: it's not really passive. I mean at all. And at first, you know, for, for new investors. It's brutal. I mean, it is just brutal to get it in and figure out the system and get the good contractors and and all that, but once once you do get it out, you know, it's like any kind of business model. Once you get systems into place and the right people, it gets much, much easier. Uh, A lot less time goes into it, but like you said, that's not our goal, right? At the end of the day, I don't want to constantly, you know, have a bunch of houses going on, have to be here and I'm walking them every day and all that. I'd like to just get to have the rental side of the house.
0: Absolutely. Cool. Easy day. So, trying to think what would be, I guess, in the the flipping buy and hold world, uh, what kind of properties are you guys looking for? Are you primarily single family? Do you dabble in like duplexes and triplexes or is it just kind of, you know, whatever you guys come across?
1: So, to date, we have been focused on nothing but single family homes with uh, an after repair value or market value, whatever you want to call it. of $165,000 or less, right? And so for us in this market, there's just, you know, you see there's a lot of new building going on, right, and there's growth. But nobody is building uh, starter homes anymore because the profit's not there, right? Why not build a home that costs $250,000 for a builder to make 75K? Why would they want to turn around and build a $175,000 house when they're not gonna make, make anything on it, right? So for us, those houses are so easy. Once we get them down and we get them on the market, we're typically getting multiple offers within 24 to 48 hours. i list those. And like I said, those properties, when it comes to rental, it's very comparable, you know, to have a here, $135, $155,000 house, where you can rent that out and maybe pay $50 or $100 more than an apartment. But now you get a two car garage and you get a yard for your dogs and your kids to play in and whatnot. So for us, like the numbers, it's just a no brainer, right? And so we are looking at moving into more multifamily, Um, but you know, each, each comes with pros and cons, but that's why we've been really just focused on the uh, single family houses today.
0: Absolutely. And I I mean, and for the fix and flip game, single family definitely seems to make more sense because it's a lot harder, a much smaller market for duplexes, um, when you're trying to sell it and, you know, not hold onto it forever. Um, yeah which you know that totally makes sense so uh, I guess one question I always like to ask people who are in in that world is you know how are you trying to like how are you guys finding deals what do you have a primary I know in our world in the Midwest you can still find stuff on the MLS but is that your (laughs) primary means or are there uh, other tricks of the trade you guys use
1: we do find like I said I'm an agent and I do find some deals on the MLS a lot of deals uh, I would say a lot right so some deals we've gotten off of you know the things that you hear about right we'll put a yard sign out in front of one of our flips we'll get a phone call i used to have a sign on the back of my truck we got you know a phone call off of that well now a lot of it comes from referrals right they're pocket listings from other agents hey they've heard about us you know we put it out there we're kind of brand ourselves and so they will call us hey i've got this dump you know the owners don't want to go through the whole hassle do you want to buy it yeah absolutely and then we also work with a couple wholesalers that we really like um, so, and I did in the past. I did a couple mailings, got a couple deals off of that. I am starting up uh, a wholesaling business with the other guy because I mean, really, the leads is that's the name of the game. Is you know, you buy rights, so you got to get those leads. But uh, yeah, predominantly, it just comes from like pocket listings and wholesalers right now.
0: I like it. Yeah, wholesalers is uh, a big one. I always, whenever I move into a new market, it's like, you know. In fact, I kick myself because the first few months that I was in Hawaii, uh, I had built up this network here. I'd never thought to like network with wholesalers back where I actually invest. So I missed for like six months to a year. I missed out on good deals coming to me from that. Um, but yeah, like one of the first, like right now I'm, I'm probably going to be moving to San Diego in the near future. Uh, and so I'm looking at, okay, well, you know, we buy houses, San Diego, sell my house fast, San Diego, like all the Googles, <laughs> you know, try yeah. to get on the list now so that hopefully by the time we get ready to move out there, we'll have, a property to try to house hack or whatever the case may be um, so i think that's a lot of fun definitely a good a good way to do it do you- yeah if you find
1: a good wholesaler like those guys and gals are invaluable when you find a good one and there's you know there's not a ton of great ones but when you do find the great ones don't argue with them don't try to lowball them pay them let them make their money right be the easy buyer and then they'll just keep bringing you deals and it, and it just makes your life so much simpler.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So since you're an agent, uh, and I, I mean, I have my license, but I haven't really dabbled with it too much out here. Uh, cause I don't primarily invest in Hawaii, but do you feel like, cause I hear this all the time back and forth, do you feel like being an agent has made your life easier, more difficult or not really affected anything as an investor?
1: Exponentially easier. I mean, I, I honestly, like I really struggle with, I don't know how people do it without, I mean, because the investors that I talk to that don't have their license, they're always waiting, well, I'm waiting for comps to come back from my agent. You know, they don't have that data that they can't pull the analytics that I can on the MLS. Not only do I have the MLS access, but they can the call back your company. Uh, RPR, which is great. I can go back. I can look at uh, when the deeds were recorded. If there's a mortgage, how much the mortgage is. You know, I can pull a bunch of different data off of that. And we're running great um, uh, CMA's, market analysis, right, to kind of find out okay, like, hey, compared to other homes, what's it what's it worth? Really, really easy tools. And so, like I said, I don't do a ton of agent work for other people, but for our own business, it has just made you know finding our numbers, running our numbers, so much easier because I have an agent.
0: Yeah. I agree. I sit there and piddle through the MLS and I'm like, man, I'm so glad I have access to this myself now. It makes my life easy. So awesome. Well, Hey, uh, as we kind of roll through some of these questions, one of the things I always like to ask is if, uh, you know, I, I phrase it as an E one E two, but if a, if a young 18 year old, whatever, uh, was to walk up to you and ask you about financial advice, investing advice, life advice, whatever you had a couple minutes to give it to him, what do you think you would, uh, would you throw at them?
1: Okay. Financial advice. Right, and I, I kind of look at like all three. If you can say something, right? Financial advice is like have a budget, right? Figure out what that is. Don't get pulled into the culture um, well, I need to buy all this cool stuff and look cool, you know, fast cars and all that. No, save your money, have a budget, know what's coming in, know what's going out, live underneath your means because that's what's going to allow you to buy assets, right? So, investing wise, which I just touched on, right? Buy stuff that makes you money, buy stuff that appreciates, buy stuff where people will pay it off for you instead of going out, you know, taking your employment money and you know, buying a new challenger or whatever it is, you know, a new truck, whatever, which I have done, right? So I'm not, I'm not sitting here up on my, you know, soapbox. So, um, you know, but yeah, to do that kind of stuff. And then just general life advice, find a good woman, marry her, stay with her. Cause it will make your life a whole lot easier. Right. And just better overall.
0: <laughs> I, I agree with that piece. Um, man, you see some, uh, you know, and I get it. Love is, you know, they say what love is blind, but, uh, you don't fall into love before you put the blinders on. Right. (laughs) I don't don't know. I I don't understand that people get involved in people with people they don't need to be. And they're like, Oh, I'm in love. Well, you know, you, you probably had the chance to turn it off before you were head over heels. Maybe, maybe not. Um, but you know, I, I don't know. There are people out there I will say a spouse can make or break a lot because yes, support. Um, and you know, and, and aside from the emotional support and the home life and all that other wonderful stuff, uh, being a command financial specialist, the number one reason that I hear for why a credit card has X thousands of dollars on it is spouse. Yep. And that goes male, female, whatever. But yeah, you gotta be able to, Hey, um, we can't be doing this if they're not on board with the budgeting, and it doesn't matter if you are.
1: No. And, and you know, like that's such a huge part of our businesses. My wife does all of our design. She does all of our staging. Um, you know, she is just phenomenal and I, we could not be where we are without her. And, and she only does, you know, a, a small fraction of it, but she is my sounding board. You know, she's the one that I come to and, and say, Hey, this is what I'm looking at. Am I crazy? And there are so many times, we've gone to a house and she'll be like, i got a bad feeling about this one. This is not going to work. And in the beginning, I didn't listen to her. I was like, whatever dude, I got this. You don't know what you're talking about. And Those properties were just horrible, right? So now when the wife's like spidey senses, starts tingling, like I know like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm going down the wrong path here. And that's what a good spouse does, right? They round out not only about edges, but they balance you out, right? They fill in the rest of that, wherever you're weak. Hopefully if you've picked the right spouse, like they're strong and you guys make a great team together.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And we'll have to, we'll have to like network next time I'm in Missouri because my wife is like the design type as well. I'm trying to get her more involved because out here it's kind of hard to play the design card when I'm 6,000 miles away from my properties. But once we move back, like like, at work, like her birthday year was like an architectural graph pad and graphing like tools because she likes to sit at work and and doodle doodle drawing like floor plans and stuff. And I'm like, Oh, perfect. So as soon as we get close enough that we can actually do that together. Um, so I'll have to bring her, bring up, we'll have to come hang out. So your wife can mentor mine, but
1: Dude, get her the Joanna Cain's design book. It is like the best $23 you'll ever spend in your life. It is, it's like this giant textbook of nothing but like design photos. And she breaks down like, five categories that like she designs and she has all these examples i just got it from my wife and like she was totally geeking out
0: on it you know Um, i uh, definitely will i will i will (laughs) look at that this afternoon i appreciate it (laughs)
1: yeah
0: man always room for brownie points um awesome all right so what's one thing i always ask this and people always tell me it's not the military's job to teach about real estate and I, i get that but the I like to ask, what do you wish the military taught you about real estate or finances? Because they're getting better about it, but I'm trying to help shape the future as far as what we do teach. Cause like, for example, the VA loan is this awesome benefit that nobody in the military knows anything about cause we don't teach about it very well. Um, yeah. So I'm trying to, you know, not to steal your thunder if that's what you were going to say, but what, do you, what, what what are your thoughts?
1: Uh, you no, know, VA loan, by the way, like, like you said, a- awesome thing to, to push the people, you know, same thing with the 9-11 GI Bill, kind of just blows my mind that, that yeah. people don't take advantage of that either. Uh, and I'm not a huge proponent of um, higher education. Don't get me wrong. It's it's needed. There's a place. It's not what I'm saying. Just for me, you know, I went down that path. I did all that. Just to me, like just going out, being an entrepreneur, doing that, like, right? Like, that was for me. So it's just my own personal two cents, but uh, for the military. You know, like you said, we we give the most like rudimentary um, education on finance, and right, it's supposed to be a holistic approach, right? We're supposed to show guys and gals, you know, soldiers, sailors, airmen, marines. We're that it's supposed to be when you're in the military, that is your life, and, and we're, we're we're taking care of everything, right? We're showing you we got medical covered. We're supposed to be teaching you all this stuff not just about your job, or how to live. And so we should, I think, the military should be doing a better job of showing people, you know, how to how to budget, right, like how to plan for catastrophes, and especially, you know, young young soldiers coming in who are going to get out after four years. Like, hey, man, what is your plan? You know, are you saving up? You know, don't don't be three months or six months away from getting out and not having a plan yet. But, you know, there's only so many hours in a day, so it's easy for me to sit here and say we should do a million things. But, you know, with the breakneck pace that you're going at and so is everyone else, I don't know if there is a really – there's too much more we can keep piling on the plate
0: yeah you never know so it's funny you mentioned the your stance on the GI bill um, so I'm I think as you and I talked earlier i'm I'm at the like hinge point where I'm deciding whether I'm gonna stay in or not um, and so if I get out it's logically it makes sense to transfer my GI bill to my kids however, I got a like a college kicker bonus on top of my GI bill which is I don't really know who I like pleased to get that to happen because it's not a <laughs> Like as a recruiter, I think I saw it give it away once. So I don't, I don't know. Like yeah. I, I hooked my recruiter up in some way and I guess he returned the favor. Um, so if you're listening, Bryson, I appreciate it. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, but I can't, so that's not transferable. And it's like a $50,000 kicker, but it's for living expenses. So yeah. basically whatever my BAH is, that 50 grand gets split over however long it takes me to get my degree on top of my BAH, so it makes no sense to transfer because I don't want to lose the $50,000 of like free money. Um, yeah. Well, I don't really, same boat, don't really need a degree, don't really care about getting to my degree. In fact, I'm finishing my last three weeks of my associates right now and I'm miserable um, because it's just taking time away from other things. Yeah. So what I'm thinking I'm gonna do, and this is like a total waste of funds, is I thought there's a marketing <laughs> degree, I could. there's like a place I could go, get a marketing degree like 20 minutes from my house. But if I drive two hours, I can go get my commercial pilot's license for an airlines. and I'm like, man, it is totally worth the extra hour and a half in the car, two or three days a week to use my GI Bill to just fly an airplane around. Like that is, that's something I can get behind. So I think there's a good chance I'm going to be going to Columbia College to get my, uh, to use my GI bill to fly around. Exactly gonna be? right. We're going <laughs> to, I wanted to find it. There's nowhere the closest, uh, man, this is such a side trail. So I'll make this as fast as possible. I wanted to get my helicopter license, but the yeah. GI bill, the only place the GI bill will pay for it is like up in Topeka. I'm not commuting four hours. Yeah. You know, justify that. <laughs> uh, so yeah, but, uh, that'd be super cool if I could get a helicopter license. But you know, I mean, I, I suppose I'll settle for a free, airplane, you know, pilot license. We can, Oh, we're going to go to a convention. We'll just grab a bunch of Missouri investors and fly there. And
1: well, as a person who wants to get free, uh free flights from you, yeah, you should definitely get out. You should pursue your dreams. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh man. All right. So rabbit trail, um, back to sanity. The GI bill is great and you're right. I don't know why people don't use it. I mean, you get your housing allowance paid for and you can go to school for two days a week. Even if you
1: do it online, the BAH is less, but you still get a BAH, right? So like you said, like you could, you could do something and then there was something for everyone, you know, there really is. I looked in around here and there is a master's degree for like entrepreneurial real real estate, right? Entrepreneurial real estate. I'm like, what a little niche, you know, but it's right there. So I could have gone and done here and collected the full BAH, like you said, because I still have, I'm still vested in my, um, 911 GI Bill. So yeah, use it guys, use your VA, use your GI Bill, you know. do do something with it because you can go to trade schools, right? Like you said, or you can become a pop. There's so many things. It's not just, you know, sitting in a classroom. You can use it for all sorts of stuff or the VA itself will pay you like, you know, take your test for your real estate license, right? So use those things that are accessible to you that so many people don't, which I, I don't understand. I don't. Yeah,
0: absolutely. So many benefits. Might as well milk them. Yeah, <laughs> you know, the right way, not by just making stuff up. To you know, I don't.
1: Yeah, and then they're earned too, right? Like it's not like you're just like you're getting something for nothing. Like you, you served right. You, you put yourself in harm's way, so I, I don't feel bad for anyone using the benefits of their title team that they earned. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Uh, all right. So, what makes the Dan krupa method of real estate investing unique and/or successful?
1: Oh man! Um, <laughs> I
0: like that one because it's just a weird question and throws everyone off.
1: Yeah, well played, sir. Okay, so um, I already talked about you know what kind of houses we target. I would say the thing for us, and and we're not the only ones doing this, right? But we are focused on really high quality flips, even though they're still uh, you know entry level houses. And we do things the right way, and it blows my mind. You know, because we all, you know, people that are in the military, you know, we're used to a hey, checklist, and procedures, and we follow that. And we do it the right way. And even though it's red tape, you know, we try to figure out how we through it, but we do it the right way. And there are so many people out here that are just doing sloppy work, not pulling permits, you know, not getting engineer reports for bad foundations, you know, not doing things the right way to cut, it, to cut small corners to save dimes. And in the end, they're losing dollars because nobody wants to come back and buy their flips again. Nobody wants to refer their clients to it because they know it's a just a crap house, that it's a bad product, right? So that's, I guess that would be something that, that we really focus on, I guess, I guess if you could say we had a, a method or a methodology, right? Like that's what we're focused on, it's high quality, right? Because we want people to be happy with their house, and we want agents to be like, yes, this is a good home, let's get it in there, you know, let's get our clients in there as fast as we can.
0: Yeah, I, I agree, and I mean, there's always that fine line between, you know, like best bang for your buck for investing, but at the end of the day, if you grab, you know, play the cheap game and nobody buys a house, it's way, holding costs will tear you apart a lot faster than just not, then putting a little extra into the work, if that makes, I guess, if that makes sense, I think. I'm-
1: yeah, and, and you know, like, okay, so, if you're gonna, let's say, replace an electrical panel, right, you could go cheap and, and pay somebody $500 and they'll do it the wrong way, or you could pay the $1,500, you do it the right way with a master electrician, okay? If that house burns down and people die, how much are you going to be liable for? Because you didn't do it the right way, and you paid that thousand dollars. So if you look at it as a long game, right? You're not, you're not like you said. Of course, there are times you could be like, all right, we could use a laminate countertop here. or We could get away with white appliances instead of stainless steel, or you know, hey, this this floor is good. We just put in like you know some LVT or whatever. Like I got it, right? And That stuff you should. That's all part of the process, uh, figuring it out. But never, ever, ever cheap out on like you know
0: electrical stuff, your HVAC, your furnace, anything with gas, electrical, do it the right way. Be smart about it. <laughs> yeah. I don't need a fire and a, <laughs> and a lawsuit.
1: Like, yes, exactly.
0: Exactly what I need in my life. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Well, hey, what's a, what's a resource course, uh, website, book, whatever that you would recommend for anyone looking to get started in real estate and kind of follow in your shoes.
1: So I got everything I learned, I got started off with bigger pockets. And there is just, I mean, you could spend three lifetimes on that site, right? Just reading forums and free articles and books. So if you want to learn about it, get in there, find a niche and stick to it, right? Uh, You know, I'm, I'm out here talking about how I want to do X, Y, and Z. Okay, but at first I was laser focused on just learning how to flip. And now that we kind of have that down and we're bringing in more people and they're taking more off my plate i can kind of expand and learn them. so go out there learn figure it out you know ask a lot of questions do that and then the next one would be get your real estate license do it you know if you're going to do this more than just casually and by one a year it is worth it to know get your real estate license
0: yeah i think the benefit of not paying commission every time you flip a house is is
1: huge in that world yes and not only that too you know, you're the one that it's not, there's no, uh, you know, there's nobody in between you and that other agent, you know, that's kind of shared coding things and not giving you all the information. Like, you know what is being said between, you know, between the agents. Cause you're talking to them directly, right? Who is better, who is going to sell your property better than yourself, right? Cause you have that vested interest in it.
0: That's true. And then if you ever end up finding a deal, like as you do the wholesaling thing, you find a deal that you can't, you know, you can't flip or whatever. But one of the things that I've looked at doing with my license out here is instead of, instead of asking for a wholesaler fee and doing all that, I, I just say, Hey, here's this awesome deal. Let me be your agent when you buy it, when you sell it, you get the commission on both ends. And that's ultimately out here in Hawaii. That's more than any wholesaler fee I would charge oh, yeah. with, with also not having to do, you know, I mean, it's not, any more work really. I mean, I don't know. I'd rather work on that than try to not that getting a wholesale fee is hard. uh, But (laughs) I think, I think it's very, it's a lot easier to negotiate when you say, Hey, look, I got this deal under contract for this much and I'm not going to ask you for anything. Just let me be your agent. Then they're like, Oh, like he's not making a profit off this. Well, I am, but I'm not, you're not getting charged for it. So.
1: Yeah. And here's another piece. And there's a guy out in Boston, I think his name's like, uh, I think it's pronounced Tom Caffarella. I don't know if you've heard of him, right? So he was an investor uh, and now he's built this brokerage of like 90 agents. And so what they do is uh, he started out as like a wholesaler and a flipper. And then he realized, right? And I've seen this too when I do our mailings. You get a lot of people that call, a lot of tire kickers and want to know like, hey, what's my house worth? They don't want to sell it, right, for 50% of fair market value or 60%. So those guys, he turns around and he just lists them and he takes a 3% on this sale price right off that listing. So it's just, you should be in my mind, you know, once you've done this for a while, if you're going to do it, you should be able to capitalize on every single week, right? And there is a way to capitalize on every single week. And if you're an agent, that's one way. But hey, okay, let me come out. Let me, you know, I'll tell you what your house is worth. Let's get it on the market. Let's get it sold. If you want to live there, and I'll take, you know, three percent of $140,000 because, you know, you don't want to sell me your house for 100 k and that's all right.
0: Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I think the having an exit strategy is huge, but the fact that you can be super creative in real estate is something that I am a huge fan of because that creativity really pays dividends in the long run. The more creative you are with financing and exit strategies, the easier real estate becomes. All right. Um, man, I really like that point about like o- opening a wholesaler, uh, essentially business. And then if they don't want to sell it for cheap, just listing it because listings are so much easier than being a buyer's yes. agent.
1: Yes. So for all of you who are listening, you aren't an agent, you don't know this being a buyer's agent is extremely time consuming, right? And we, any of you out there who have gone and I am guilty of this and looked at 30 houses before you bought one. It is so much simpler to show up Right. And then just have them fill out some paperwork and talk through it and take the photos, put a sign on the yard and then you wait for people to come to you to being on the buyer side. So yeah, I mean, I just, I, I love, I love what this guy's doing out there in Boston. I think it's a great strategy. And like I said, it's something we're really going to, we're, we're already, like I said, starting to implement it here. And hopefully we'll be up and running with that side of the house here, in, you know, next month.
0: Yeah. I'm excited. You will have to definitely link up and sit down and talk. I'd love to pick your brain a little more about that down the road. Um all right, so before we wrap up, what kind of, is there anything that you'd like to add, parting advice, uh, big ideas, you know, any anything crazy that we haven't gotten to cover?
1: So so none of this is earth shattering, and I'm sure you've heard it a million times, but uh, I, I always say this to everybody, set goals, right? Have goals, have 90-day goals, have one year goals. And then I, I do two, right? You can do three, five, ten, I don't care, right? But <clears throat> every day revisit those. Uh, write down things you're thankful with. right? things you want to work on. Follow those, and then just get in there and get going. Right, I, I meet so many people, you know, and I go to a bunch of meetups, and I, a lot of people I, I think really highly of, and they're great people, but they've been on the sidelines for two years, right? And there's just a million excuses why they can't get started, can't find a deal, and this and the other. I'm like, dude, I'm not even from here, right? I just got. We've done twenty three deals in the last twenty months, all right, and I'm not from here, so if we can do that you've lived here your whole life and you've been looking at this for the last five years. Like, come on now. I'm sure you can find a deal and get rolling with this. So just get in there. You're going to take your lumps. It's like anything, right? No one came into the military, wherever you're at. You're a perfect body. You had to learn. They had to like break you down and teach you what you had to do. And so it's the same thing with being an entrepreneur. You're going to take your lumps, but just remember that's you're learning, right? You're not losing your life.
0: I heard a, uh, no, not heard. There's a group out here, uh, a meetup, and they—you cannot go to one of their meetings unless you've done at least one real estate deal. That's like their rule, uh, and, and you know, for for better or for worse, I don't do that with my meetups because I, I want to talk yeah. to new investors and help new investors. But I know why they did it, and it's probably the most powerful. They call it the Mass Real Estate Mastermind Group. Um, it's probably the best meetup I've gone to out here, and I think part of that is because everybody in there has at least some level of experience and has made the leap and taken action. And so when you're going around asking questions and stuff, it's just a very high caliber group of people. Um, and I think that, you know, and that's not to say that there's anything wrong with not having done a deal yet. Everybody starts somewhere, but knowing and take, like taking action is probably the most important part of the learning process. And people overlook that because they get so wrapped up in learning, you know, the whole analysis paralysis thing. And then they don't, take action when that's where you learn 80% of everything is by learning yeah. the hard way, yeah. or, you know? Um, so I, I like that. Uh, definitely getting out there goals and I like that you put the writing down your, uh, things you're thankful for or gratitudes or whatever. Um, that's a, that's huge. You know, um big fan of, I joke about this in the military is we talk about all these, you know, like if oh, don't don't do X because then you'll get in trouble for Y or whatever. You know all the things you're not supposed to do that you'll get in trouble for all the safety briefs and everything. And I always say, like, man, if we we could probably get rid of all of this if we just focused on teaching people to be good people, like just be a good person. Yeah. Like that solves most of life's problems.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know what's cool too is like when you and I don't want to get all mushy here and go down a rabbit hole, but when you do your gratitude right and you look back which I did right at the end of the year just came and it, uh, it was like middle December I'm in my office and I just started flipping through back at the beginning of the year and just kind of looking at stuff and it is amazing how many awesome things happen to you in the year but you just distracted, right with all the noise and you know you, a lot of times when people say you get that negativity or well, I messed this up or I got this going I'm so busy we just don't take time to reflect on like you like hey these awesome things happened to me and it makes me want to try harder and it makes me want to be yeah, do it. It's really, it's really helped change my life.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's super exciting. Awesome. So, uh, Dan, where can people get a hold of you if they want to ask you some questions?
1: Yeah. Uh, so it's kind of hard. I'm going to spell it out here, right? So you can email me at Dan at Reveille, right? Just like the Google call in the morning that goes up. com. That's R E V E I L L E homes.com or on Facebook. You can search for us, uh, i uh, I'm on Instagram now. Thanks to my wife, right? Um, and that's, I'm Krupa, that's my last name, KRUPA underscore ref. So that one's easy and short. I'm like on Twitter, I don't even know what that is, right? I don't even know what my handle is, but I'm on there just because I love to see the ridiculous things that other people say. But yeah, email me. Uh, I'm not on Facebook a ton, and I'm also on Bigger Pockets. If you're on there, you can search for me. Again, yeah, my last name is uh, Krupa, KRUPA, just look me up, I'm on there. And I'm always happy to help uh people in the military that are getting out people that are already out i always take time to talk you know kind of walk through you with your plans or if you're still in it doesn't matter you know we got a huge heart here uh for active duty and for veterans you know because like i said that was our life for a long time you know how hard it is so thank you for everyone listening that's still still in and you did for just serving for being out there protecting us uh you know it's just, it's awesome that people like you and everyone else out there that's listening, that's still serving, you know, that you will give up your freedoms and your family time so the rest of us can be safe and do what we wanted to do.
0: Awesome. There's that gratitude. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, that's super cool. And I, I don't think we've actually connected on bigger pockets yet. So I'm going to have to shoot your request after this. Uh, I'll, I'll make sure. So for everyone listening, I'll link to, uh, I'll post his email address and the, uh, Instagram handle because I like Instagram, uh, especially for houses. Super convenient, just pic- take pictures and post hashtags. Although, it took me a long time to get over the whole hashtags are not some weird millennial thing. And then someone told me I'm a millennial. <laughs> and, you know, after I came to terms with that. It was like, oh, well, I guess I should start. What's the like hashtag? Dude, hey, when,
1: when were you? Can I ask you on here? When were you born? Because I'm the same thing. Like I'm like the very oldest of a millennial, and it's just really chaps, just chaps me that I'm like yeah. in that category. So I'm like, come on, man
0: ninety, so I'm okay. I'm like a few years into the into the mark, but I swear you know like uh, I have an old man's soul, but I, I don't whatever <laughs> the the gen whatever is between X and <laughs> they're going to make a genre out there just grun old previous members generation.
1: Um, well, what people don't know is when you serve in the military, right? It's like dog years, right? So every year in the military is like three for a normal person. So, you know, if you've done 10, you got to add 30 years to us. You so you're pretty much a
0: Greatest generation. That's what I'm going to claim. I identify as the greatest generation. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. Anyway. Uh, hey, Dan, I really appreciate having you on here. I think this has been solid. I look forward to uh, next time I'm in Kansas City, which – I don't know. I'm probably gonna be home for like 30 days this summer, so I might have to drive up there and say what's up. Um, But I look
1: forward. Oh yeah, we'll definitely come, man.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'll come up there and network, and uh, we'll have to. uh, I'm gonna look up that book you recommended for uh, designs too. So I appreciate it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's been great. Thanks for having me, man. This is awesome. Anytime, brother. Have a good one. Yeah, man. Take care.